Hello and welcome to the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today with a special guest. It's Pete White from White's Transport Services. It's been nearly a year since you were last on the podcast. Pete, how are you? How are things going? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very, very, very busy. It's um, that last year was a was a, was a interesting year for us, but a very, very busy one. Yeah, because I see when I spoke to you uh, just over the weekend, there you were actually going out. You were driving, uh, doing doing some work. Are you getting out on on the road much yourself? Uh, not as much as I'd like, but a, li- a little bit. I, I I did a little bit of UK work. Um, I tipped a load of cheese that come in from Italy. I reloaded the load back to the yard, and then I went and loaded some um, a load of hanging meat for Smithfield and took it back to the yard on Sunday afternoon, which uh, it was really enjoyable. My, my phone was very quiet. I didn't really have any problems, so I could enjoy uh, just enjoy being on the road for a couple of days. Is during the week is too uh, is too manic. I, I was driving yesterday. I wasn't meant to be. I had, a, I had a driver ring me at four o'clock yesterday morning. He was parked in uh, near Bister, and he and he said he was unwell. So me, he, he said he needed to get home. He's, he's actually in hospital now. He's on a drip. Oh, I'm not sure me. what's wrong. With, oh, yeah, we're not really sure what's wrong with him. But me, me and Dan jumped in the car. Uh, we went to where he was parked. He was on a 24-hour break. He was uh, due to tip a load of um, Irish beef into Banbury on Monday morning. He'd done his deliveries. He shipped in on Saturday morning. He'd done a couple of deliveries on Saturday. And then Monday morning was the last drop after his 24-hour break. But Dan took him Dan took him home. He wouldn't go. Do you know, drive, some drivers are so stubborn. Um, we I, I tried <laughs> to get him to call an ambulance in the morning, but he, but he refused. He just said he needed to get home. So Dan got him home. And the first thing is, is, uh, his wife did was call an ambulance. So we should have done that in the first place. But uh, he's I think he's okay. He's just I, I'm not sure exactly what's wrong with him. But he, he had a funny turn a couple of years ago in France, and we needed to get an ambulance out to him. So um, hopefully he'll be he'll make a full recovery. But he's um, I jumped in the truck and went and done the deliveries, and we reloaded back to the yard and and Dan made sure the driver got home safely so that was uh, my I pulled back in the yard yesterday afternoon and I didn't even open my laptop or, or sit at my desk but uh, it was just one of those uh, unscheduled days out in the truck which was which was which was nice um, I love being out in the truck same yeah. as Ray we 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 both we're Ray Ray's a driver at heart. Anyway, that's that's mm-hmm. his background. But uh, but Ray Ray was driving and then owned a company where I'm really like part of the company. And then I started driving, so sort of did it in the reverse fashion, if you like. For the first for the first um, like God, um, 15, 16, 17 years of working for my dad, I had absolutely no desire to drive a truck, none whatsoever. But now you can't keep me out of it. I love it. I really, really, really do enjoy it. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I've been trying my damnedest to get out regularly this year and make sure that I've got trucks lined up to go and drive. And I've, I've done quite well. I've had the FH16 750, the 530S Scania, an R540, and I've got a Volvo FH coming next. And it's good for the soul to be out driving. Um, it's uh, If you're stuck at a desk and you, uh, a lot of the time, um, to be able to get out and get out in the open road... Um, is I know that there'll be a lot of guys that are like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm sick, sick, fed up of it and everything. But if you were to go away and try and come away from driving, you know, you would miss it. Trust me. Even if you're having a bad day right now and you've been soaking wet and you've been held up and everything, you would miss it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, especially especially the European driving is um, once you are across uh, wherever you're going, whether you ship into Calais or into Rotterdam or over to Ireland, it's it's 
completely different. It's the UK is such a congested place to oh. drive. It's such an it's so uh, it's 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 not a very pleasant place to drive. As soon as you get on the M25, the worst motorway for me in the UK is the M6. I I hate every mile of it. Um, is that? Uh, but, yeah, but w- once you get into once once you once you are are into Europe, it's, you you still get traffic jams if you go into places like Brussels and Lyon mm. and, and and Paris. You're still going to get a he- heavy traffic, but the majority of Europe is 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 open modes and and no traffic. No, of course that that is the bulk. Of, you guys are European um, hauliers. That's I suppose your trucks spend more time in Europe than they do in the UK. I would imagine. Yeah, we have taken on a bit more UK work, um, regular work, which sort of to, sort of plans itself. If you like, it's like we've got four jobs now which is the same set load five days a week uh, and that is UK work and so we wanted to uh, we, we, we were mainly European work but we, we wanted we want a mixture of both to be honest not not every driver wants to go mm. away for two to three weeks um, where some of our drivers want to be home at weekends and run out on a Sunday afternoon and get back on a, we've got one lad that runs out every Sunday afternoon gets back every Friday lunchtime so he gets about about 48 hours off every weekend but he can he can you you can manage it so we can still work every Sunday. And mm. we got we got another lad that does a set run into Smithfield Market, which you need you need a driver on that that gets involved and he, he, it's it's hard work. He works nights. He um, he gets in the back of the trailer and and, and unloads in. Or he doesn't unload it all, but he helps unload it all. Uh, mm. He he helps unload the trailer and um, yeah. So we we've got a little bit more variety of work than when we last spoke. The last time we spoke, I was up in on my way up to Aberdeen with a load of hanging beef. Um, um, but I, we 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 haven't been up there so much recently. But we are busy on UK work and European work, and the the the, the customer base we've got now with our with our meat. Uh, with our meat work is is bigger than it's ever been before. We we are the demand for our services at the minute is so high. Um, it's uh, we're we're in a really fortunate place with the mm. amount of work we've got at the minute. We we've, we've got enough work to keep all of our fleet busy and to run a few subbies as well. And and up until last year, uh, we never had it that way because the t- some of our customers were, were really busy towards the end of the year. But the rest of the year, it was it, it, the, the lambs weren't in season mm. and it was quite quiet. But uh, yeah, we diversified our customer base and and we're trying to rather than just be really, really busy for, for three, four months of the year and try and make all our money then, we, we're trying to just stage it out throughout the year, which we are managing. It is, it's good. I'm really happy with the level of work we've got now and just really upset with the with the price of fuel. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's um, that's needing addressed. I mean, there's the issue with the bloody red diesel as well, which is coming up. You know, they, you would think the government's going to have to do something about that because that's going to add, add another substantial cost on... Uh, to to transport and um, of course I mean what 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 is the the jump in in the price of diesel between say now and the start of the year how much more is it costing to fill the tank of a truck? Well, I've I, I done some I've done a few calculations earlier. Just we got eighteen trucks, and if those trucks use on average twelve hundred liters of fuel a week each, which some of them probably use more than that, over the eighteen trucks, twelve hundred liters of fuel per week. Uh, with the over the last few weeks, our fuel's gone up thirty pence a litre. That is six and a half thousand pound a week increase just in our fuel. Yes, yeah, st- just straight off the bat, 
it's um, insane with, with no Absolutely no sort insane. of warning yeah and the thing is as well with rates and things because they don't petrol stations are they can go and fuel companies can just go and immediately ram prices up and then they don't bring them down quickly but of course it's a delayed reaction for everything else going as it kicks in so hauliers are faced with a, you know sort of um, having to bear the brunt of all this without any without any support we, we, we've, uh, we've asked our customers to help us. We're, we're not the sort of company mm. that just dictates to our customers um, about fuel prices. We, we've spoken to them all individual, uh, individually and said, listen, we, we need some help. This is where we are. We've, we've showed them the facts and the figures and, and what is costing us and what it was costing us and, um, and what we tried to work out on each journey that we do, each meat journey, whether it's a domestic one, which only goes to London or, or whether it's a trip that goes to the south of Italy, we've tried to explain what extra costs we've got. We, we don't expect them to bear all the costs. And if this situation is just a few weeks, we'll, we'll take it on the chin. We, 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 we'll accept it and, and, and wait for it to finish and, and, and then, then move on. But is, is it, is it going to finish? Is it going to stop in a few weeks? Uh, the, the, the prices now are just, honestly, it's just to spend six and a half thousand pounds a week more on fuel than what we were four weeks ago for the same amount of fuel is is utterly horrendous and and I've only got a fleet of 18 trucks I mm. couldn't imagine the likes of Kalinas or uh, just 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 a fleet with 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 like a hundred trucks or however many more than us yeah. it is um it's, it doesn't bear thinking about uh, yeah you've got and there's other factors to consider well, the government is the government is getting a lovely skim off the VAT from this increase as well. So they're making extra money as the fuel goes higher because the percentage they're getting in tax. Um, so they're kind of, they'll not be kind of willing to go and make any reductions for as long as they possibly can. I did notice that France seemed to be doing th- things with relation to energy companies to sort of uh, cap the, the sort of profits because they're getting a windfall out of this. And I would hope that they might do something the same the same in the UK. Uh, well, the in in Hungary they have just capped the fuel at one euro thirty a liter, and it's not allowed to the, the Hungarian government have capped it once one euro thirty a liter. It's not allowed to go any higher. I believe that um, France are given a rebate of thirty percent or or something like that. And the U, I do think the UK will do something soon. I I, I think that uh, hauliers or people that spend a huge amount on fuel will will, will be able to claim some sort of rebate. Uh, but yeah, just it's it's just astonishing. I, I I the the truck I was out in on the weekend, I put five hundred liters of fuel in it on Sunday night because I knew that the prices were going to go up on Monday morning, and I worked out that if I'd have filled up the following morning, it would have been about a hundred pound more than what it was the night before. So it's um, we the the thing that is a bit crazy is we are now filling up with fuel in the UK before we go to Europe, which the whole, the, one of the big advantages of European tra- European transport, maybe mm. three or four, or just before Brexit was the cheaper fuel in Europe. France was cheaper than UK. Belgium was cheaper than France. Luxembourg was cheaper than Belgium. Spain was a cheap country to get fuel. Italy, Italy was expensive. Germany and Austria, they're not great for fuel, but we were going through the countries that we were saving money. And that is why we used to have four by two trucks with 1500 litres of fuel capacity we would we would fill up in Belgium and we would run all week for that on Belgium prices but now because it's uh, because of Brexit I'm not gonna I don't really want to talk about Brexit much to be honest because if anything it's made us busier than than what we've ever been it was but, a question I was going to ask about that with him but I go on just now I've come back to it and sure 
Uh, yeah, it's just because of the, the downside of the Brexit side is, is is very difficult to claim back European VAT, and with 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 France, we we would uh, we claim back the VAT, but there was there was other other ways where you could claim back money that you spent, and but those those options are not there for us anymore. Um, so it's it's filling up with the UK fuel, so you can get the VAT back is 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 a cheaper way for us to do it. But a few years back, like we would yeah. give a a, dro- a driver would get a bollocking for filling up with fuel uh, in the UK before before going into Europe. Um, Belgium is still slightly cheaper. Luxembourg is still good, but yeah, we 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 advise the drivers now whenever they're shipping out, just just fill up. We 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 don't have the large tanks we used to have. Like for the mid- I would say most trucks we've got mm. now are 700 litres of fuel, which we, we, if you have huge tanks, you are a target for theft. This, um, that's another thing I've got written down there to ask about, to talk about as well, is uh, the, the risk of fuel theft now as well, because trucks have always been a target, but now with the price of fuel, uh, you're going to get people who have never stolen fuel before are now going to think about yep. doing it. It's becoming more and more attractive to uh, people, um, and it's—I mean—it's a—it's a real concern for drivers and and haulers now. That's a serious hit potentially if you're losing, you know, uh, a thousand liters of fuel, even you know, five hundred liters of fuel. It, it's really painful with the price of it. We we spend five hundred pound on every lorry. Uh, we get to try and make them the, the the fuel the fuel safer. So we uh, we we put um, anti siphons on, but these anti siphons are very good ones. Um, and we use uh, we we put a sender cover. We have a steel sender cover protector which goes underneath the tank straps. Yeah, you've got the, yeah. you've got yeah. some um, good anti theft systems on the truck, which is a yeah that's a, a must have sort of thing thing these days. Uh, did, did you but see what, the truck? That we, did you see the uh, the tank? Uh, the 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 sixteen thousand liters of stolen. Yeah, I thought about that today, and I was going to mention it on the call. You need to have some big balls to do that, don't you? To turn up with an yeah. Arctic full of IBCs yes. to then drain sixteen thousand liters of fuel from someone's tank. I I did see that when it was shared on. Um, I saw it when it was shared on Twitter. I yeah, didn't see it, was, it when it was shared on Facebook. I don't know if that's something else you want to talk about yeah, we'll in get, a minute. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, well for listeners, there was a story. Um, it was Murray Hog Transport up in Newcastle upon Tyne. It's 16,000 litres of diesel stolen. And how did they steal 16,000 litres? Well, they had a 4 by 2 DAF CF Arctic with a box trailer, which was apparently filled with IBCs, and they managed to get that sitting... Uh, down a side lane and pumped all the fuel into the IBCs and I'm thinking that is like you say that's mega balls to do that that's like serious organisation and I'm thinking where's the fuel gone has it gone back into a tank underground has it been sold off in the IBCs as you know who's got it who's using it it is Organised criminals. It's mm. um, you think sixteen thousand litres of fuel at today prices. That is like that's that's well over twenty odd thousand pound. It's mm. um. That what what worries me now is now we have to put well we're meant to put white diesel into the fridges yep. from the first of April. It's not just the extra cost of the fifty odd pence a litre, whatever more expensive it is. It is the risk of theft from our trailers because we probably have red diesel stolen from our trailers throughout the year. It's not something that we would lose any sleep over. 
Um, if 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 fuel is stolen from a truck, I I I'm deeply offended by it. I I really really do get very upset mm. by it. But if 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 a bit of red diesel goes missing from a trailer now and again, you just you don't even notice it to be honest. But um, but from the, what our tanks on our trailers have got 350 liter capacity, so 350 liters of white diesel from a from a trailer going bit going missing being stolen. We don't have any anti siphons on our trailers. Um, it would be so easy to take. Um, that is something that really, really does concern me. You, the fuel, the fuel theft is is going to rocket now. In my mm. opinion, it's going to be worse than it's ever been before. Yeah. But we have contacted the RHA, and the RHA have told us it's only illegal to buy red diesel in the UK from the first of April. If we are going to European countries that support mm. red diesel, like Bel- where all the other countries we go to, we are still allowed to buy it, and we are still allowed to use it. So, so uh, we, we're not we. As far as we're we're concerned, any of our trailers that go into Europe, when they come back from Europe, we can fill up with red diesel in, in the European countries and we can use that. It's, again, we've got the issue with European VAT recovery mm. and we're just working out our costings now of where and how we're going to be better off. But I do think um, I do think that it's, we, we, we pay the duty on the white diesel on our trucks when we drive on the road to pay the duty on the white That's, diesel to put it to our trailers. It's scandalous. And farm, uh, I'm not sure how far down the line of what type of vehicles and sectors have to switch over to white diesel but um, it is yeah it's, it's, it's madness it's, it's a lot it's, got, it's excavators and planting machinery as well so you can just imagine the amount of plant that's sitting about at nights and things and that's going to the theft is going to go absolutely crazy with this because the temptation is just going to be so strong because of the price of fuel in America where obviously fuel is comparatively much, much cheaper, but they're not used to it. You're already getting domestic vehicles like cars, you know, vans and SUVs. People are going under them and drilling holes in the tank to steal the fuel out of them. Um, and I can imagine that people are going to be coming out to their, their, their car in the morning as well in some cases and finding that it's got no fuel in it either. It's, it's, a, it's a, a problem... Um, that's brewing quite that's brewing away and it's going to be bad but of course the government the politicians that are involved with this are not directly affected by this in any way so it's not really a priority for them frustratingly no, I it's- see, I, I see, I see people with with trucks without any anti siphons or any sender protectors, and and I say to them, why why do you not like protect your fuel? And uh, many people have said, which obviously everyone's got their own opinion, what works and what doesn't. But so many people have said, well, I would rather they stole my fuel than damage my tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I personally, I think that's insane because we, w- w- since we, since we have fitted all of our, uh, um, anti-siphons and our fuel sender protectors to the trucks, we have, we've only lost fuel once in, in our trucks in mm-hmm. probably the last four or five years. And that was because they forced off the anti-siphon and the truck only had about a hundred liters of fuel in there anyway. But for, for, we, we have never had. A, a tank drilled or or a hole put into a tank we 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 th- th- when you when we put the anti siphons on, the people started to take the sender covers off. That's because the sender cover on most trucks is a quarter turn and it pops out. Um, and the damage to a sender cover is, uh, especially if they cut the pipes on the top, is 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 a pain in the ass to sort out and it's very costly. So the steel plate over the sender covers, which goes under the tank straps, they're really we we buy our anti siphons from a company. Um, I think they're up in Blackpool. 
Um, and they are, you can still put high speed fuel pumps on them because I can, I can remember putting a cheap anti siphon on a truck once, watching a driver fill up with fuel. He was eating a sausage sandwich. And as he squeezed the trigger, all of the fuel backwashed all over him. Yep. Um, <laughs> co- co- covered him and his sandwich. I'll never forget it. And, uh, and that was just a cheap one. But we do use really good anti siphons now. And when you put them on, they, they, they screw from the inside. And you also put some, like a Loctite thing on them, some sort of silicon, which, which really holds them in place. And, and they and they are very very good. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the, if you're going to, if somebody's going to be stealing fuel and trying to get into a tank, and they're going to be looking to damage it, it's going to probably cause a bit of commotion, maybe a bit of noise, and the truck's going to have to be in quite a remote location. So if you're yep. par- if you're parked somewhere where trucks normally park, even if it's not like a secured area as such, then you would imagine that the the measures that you've put on the truck would be enough to dissuade somebody picking your one to steal the fuel out of it. They would go looking for one that doesn't have those things on it. You know, it's a deterrent. That is exactly my point. So the point that what I say to people is, if there is five trucks parked all together and you you have got the anti-siphon and the fuel sender, they are going to try and target someone that is easier. So I'm not saying that we're never going to have one of our tanks drilled, mm-hmm. but it's never happened yet. So mm-hmm. pe- people leaving their tanks unlocked and just mm-hmm. saying, I'd rather lose the, all the mm-hmm. fuel than have my tank damaged. For, for me personally, yeah. that's at, uh, uh, utter madness. For if, if I caught someone trying to steal my diesel, I would be more than happy to cut their fingers off. I, I, I really would. I, for me, it's, diesel things are, are the lowest of the low. It's, 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 it's highly offensive. It's like guys that steal tools as well. You know, they're going to garages yeah, yeah, and re- that, yeah, re- remove, a, remove a man's tools and all that. That's like grossly offensive that like you know taking away my people's livelihoods and things i we could come up with a, a long list of tortures that you could do to people who do things like that going back a few years going back a few years ago we had a four by two um for r500 scania that had 1500 liters of fuel and we had a driver on the way to italy and he got off he got off the uh, train in calais he had about half an hour left to run. So he, uh, he filled up with fuel in Calais because he was very low. We always encourage him to keep it low, fill up when you, when you arrive in France. So he, he got off the, um, he got, he got off the boat or the train, whatever, fill, filled up with fuel, run an hour down the road, parked up, woke up in the morning, all of his fuel was gone. It was, it was oh. about 450 litres of fuel was gone. So the driver then had to limp to a, he had to limp to a garage. He filled up with, uh, with fuel again, this time on a different fuel card that was much more expensive, filled up again. Um, and then the following morning he woke up and the fuel was gone again. He lost, we, we lost about, 2,800 litres of fuel in 24 Jeez, hours oh. um, and that was the hardest thing I've, and that, that was very very bitter to, uh, to to swallow but it does happen it's part of the industry what what Ray has taught me over the years is it's happened forget about it move on there's there's nothing by stewing on it and getting angry and trying to uh, this it's, it's not going to get you anywhere it's just like when when We've had bad experience with drivers or customers or, or, or any accidents on the road. Ray has taught me, just let it go. Mm. If, otherwise, it would just eat me up inside. I used to take everything so personally. Um, but now I just, just try and it's... relax a bit more and not get so stressed about it. Sens- sensible bit of advice, that. It's a good mantra not to stew on things. Especially, especially in this industry where, you know, th- things, uh, it's, it's the best feeling in the world when everything's going right when you're involved in transporting trucks. But conversely, you know, it can be incredibly painful and, t- oh, and change, within, change within seconds. 
I, the, way, the way I describe transport is every day's a shit day, but some days aren't as bad as others. But that's probably not true, to be honest. I, I, I love my job. I love what I do. Um, I enjoy the, the sector of the industry that we're in. It's very, very high pressure, very go, go, go. The, we, we, the drivers are put under pressure um, to fulfill the customer's needs. Uh, but it is that I've got drivers that because we do regular work and they know the deliveries. I've got a driver now that's that's in Italy. He had 10 deliveries finishing in the south of Italy. And before he left, I, I gave him all of his, before he left, he had all his CMRs. I sent him the load plan. I sent him his uh, train booking, his customs booking, his GMR code. And I said, anything you need to ask me about any of these deliveries? He said, no, I'm good. He just wanted to know what the first delivery time was on the, on yesterday morning. I told him. And he's now parked outside his reload, which is only about 15 clicks from his last delivery. He's what loading a, a load of... 10 He's delivery. loading a... Yeah, 10 drops, yeah. He's done drops 10 drops in two way. days. I, I was feeling quite... I was feeling quite proud of myself uh, a couple of weeks ago there, but I, I'd, I'd started at two in the morning and I'd done four drops and a reload of vegetables running down from Scotland to Evesham. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, bloody good shift, that. You know, I've, I've really pushed the boat out on that one there. Eh? And I'm like, 10 delivered... Ten in Italy. There we go. That's how it's done. <laughs> he, he, he started in Aosta, went down to Turin, across to Alessandria, back up to Varese, into Milan, uh, across to Brescia, um, Padova, Verona, um, and then I think he had Fidenza, which is a little bit off route, and Just down it. to Cesena, into Taramo. So he, it's, it, it might not have been ten; it might have been a couple less than that. But it was still a there was still a decent oh, wow. couple of days' work. And and whenever we're doing our Italy work, the plan is we must try our hardest to get everything off by Tuesday. Sometimes we have five or six trailers all going to Italy, and they, they will all have multi. And that, some of these drops are hanging meat. Some of them are palletized meat. It is um, it is the drivers enjoy it. They they they've got like a three day drive to get there, and then then they have a twenty four hour break, and then it is go go go. Um, but I've he had a busy day yesterday, very busy day today, and he's now parked outside his reload, ready to load tomorrow morning. And he he knows where he's loading. He knows where he's tipping. He'll probably drop me a message at some point asking which way he's shipping back in. But it is nice that I have got we have got work with experienced drivers where we yeah. don't need to speak to them. They can just get on with their job. I can see where they are all the times on 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 my tracking system. But we have got some new drivers that we've taken on that are quite inexperienced with European work. So my a lot of my time at the minute is. Is, um, I won't say I'm babysitting them at all, but I am just trying to uh, help them with once in, once integrate, they one, integrate them. Into yeah, the, just the, yeah, the, just yeah. just 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 trying to help them along the way. But and and they're doing really well. They are they're, they're sending them to Runge's market for the first time is always a little bit of an eye opener. Um, a lot of people are very very nervous about going there, but we do a lot we do a lot of work into Runge's market. I don't have anyone in there tonight, but we got we had four trucks in there Sunday night I've got four trucks in there tomorrow tomorrow night um, and they can all help each other out as well this, the good thing about my drivers is the drivers that have been have worked for me for a long time that they will help the new drivers out so rather than the new, the new drivers ringing me asking for advice mm. they'll ring the other drivers and asking for it and, and they all know the job inside out anyway oh that's really good I mean it does sound I mean that just sounds so exciting to go away three days driving to Italy and just the names you're reeling off sound so evocative and everything, but then there's the other side of other side of that as well. I, I get getting like so I'm sitting there, I, anxiety starting to ping there already. Thinking ten drops, 
uh, in a country that I don't really sort of know. What, what, what are the delivery points like in these places? Are you going to, is it like all manner of different places, like big RDCs and like little places yeah, like side streets? Some are, and... Yeah, some of them are side streets. Some of them are like very, very naughty reverses and, um, <laughs> and very awkward. And what, what you've got to remember, when you're in Europe, most reverses you will do will be a blind side because they're set up for left-hand drive trucks. The big RDCs we deliver to, sometimes they're a bit slow at tipping, but the little places are the best ones to unload. But the worst thing about about um, delivering into, into Italy is you will catch one of the customers when they are, when they are at lunch and their lunch is is really <laughs> three hours because after half past their lunch is from 12 till 2 but after half past 11 you turn up with 200 hanging meat hanging lambs yeah. they're not going to tip that because it will take them into their lunch break and, and then by the time they get back from their lunch break is 2 and by quarter past 2 before they get you on a bay and half past 2 before they start tipping you so that is the what really a bit of a downside to European work is is if you can and same in France as well the, the Germans don't, and the Belgians they, they tend not to have a lunch break but France a two hour lunch break in France and two hour lunch break in, in Italy does catch us out quite a lot we need to time it right um, but that causes a few issues but we, we, we know what to expect we just try and try and plan around it now I've got I've got four topics written down um, uh, which we can tackle in any sort of order that we wanted to kind of go through um, I've got drivers customers trucks and Facebook okay <laughs> I'm going to start crying in a minute. <laughs> um, but I mean, we'll go start of, We'll go with drivers because obviously last year there was enormous talk about this driver shortage. We were short of a hundred thousand drivers, blah blah blah. But we're never short of anywhere near that figure of drivers in no. the UK. Uh, there was never a really a, a, a shortage. Of, I think there was a shortage of good drivers. If there was yeah. a shortage of drivers to the extent that they said there was, I mean, I've got, I drive um, sort of maybe one week out of the month, best case scenario, because I work for the magazine full time. But in between those times last year, it wasn't often that my phone was going where people were desperate no. to get a hold of me, uh, which, my, my, it, which could indicate that I'm a, I'm a terrible driver and people wouldn't want to ask me. But I don't, I think I'm, I think I'm competent enough that you know if it was if people were really short, then I would have been getting phone calls and I wasn't. So that indicates to me, just from my personal point of view, is that there wasn't anywhere near that shortage of drivers. And I remember last year you had been sort of reaching out and you'd been looking for new drivers and things and you'd even had guys where you'd given them a start I think and then they hadn't turned up or they'd backed out at the last minute and things because um, obviously European driving is it's like this sort of one of the ultimate things you can do as a driver it's the most exciting thing but the realities of it are it's not easy and it's bloody hard work so it's not for everybody um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That that's not that's not true. European driving is an absolute doddle. Is it? Yeah, what? yeah. It's you, you. You need to be a little bit savvy. You need to obviously road signs and and um, uh, you just you, you need to be you need to be aware of your surroundings. You're if you're driving a right hand drive truck, you need to be very aware of your blind side. But now with the DVS cameras, we have got mm. a live camera which constantly shows the blind side. Mm. Um, but European driving is easy. You think you you got drivers that work in the UK that do ten deliveries a day and then go back to their base. But you've got a driver that's going to Portugal 
Yeah. Guy, all he's got to do is just drive. He's got to just follow his follow his navigation or he follows his maps, but it's just driving. And you can do on European work, you can start at six o'clock in the morning, you can park up at six o'clock at night, and you can cover eight hundred kilometers. Mm. It is um is European driving is easy, but is not for everyone. So some yeah. of the people that uh, applied for work and then backed out, it could be because, just like you said, the, the European the European side of it was a bit too much for them, and and they bottled it, if you like. But um, most people that try European driving, they don't give it up because they don't like working in Europe. They just give it up because our drivers are there two to three weeks away at a time, and and you do need to be a special type of driver to live in a truck for three weeks at a time without going home. Yeah, it is, uh, it's, it, it's not for everyone but the driving in Europe is fantastic two of the th- uh, three of the new drivers I've taken on recently are, after, a, after a couple of weeks I ask them how, like, what they like what they don't like and they all say how much they love driving in Europe so uh, I, ta- a- I took a I, I took a new driver on recently that never ever been out of the country in, in, in a truck and in, in the last month he's been to Berlin twice he's been to Munich he's been to Rungis uh, he's been down to Metz and um, and he is absolutely lovely he had he had a, he needed a yesterday off because he needed to have 66 hours break and he didn't get back till Saturday morning so he had so I, I saw him this, I saw him today in the yard for a coffee and he was off to Calais to do a trailer change and and he couldn't wait to get back in the truck and he's in his he's like where where am I going this weekend he's, he's eager to go to new places but this this type of year this uh, this time of year we don't do some so much long distance we have one or two a week to Italy we we do a couple of long long ones into Germany but we do a lot of Belgium and back a lot of Paris uh, Holland and a lot of Brittany and back. So it's it's really that, that this isn't the season for lambs at the minute. So yeah. when come the come probably July time, that's when our Italian work will pick back up. Our yeah. Spanish work will start. Yeah. Our Portuguese work will start, and we will go we will go a lot further. And, and the long distance driving where they do two to like three or four days driving just to get there uh, is um, that is the work that most of my drivers want to do on a regular basis. Yeah, that's that sounds uh, that sounds amazing. That's that. Um, I've done very little sort of European driving. I've only been out like a, a couple of times, and it wasn't like certainly not doing anything like going to Rungus or or, or anything like that. Um, that that looks, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, it, it, it's um, it's something that I guess for a lot of guys it gets into their sort of it gets into their blood and they you know I've spoken to a lot of guys that uh, once they're back in the UK uh, and they're back as soon as you come off because one of the worst things is that you're going across and then you're pretty much immediately hitting the M25 which is yeah. one of the most depressing roads in the UK I you know. said you said you dislike the M6 the most um I probably I mean I spend a lot of time in the northern part of the M6 so I probably don't have as um, negative an opinion of it but I think the M25 is the worst for me the most boring has to be the M4 um, yeah, I, I drive. I I drive from Western Supermare to our yard in Hungerford and back every day on the M4. For me, and I've been doing it for twenty. Well, we used to be in Sirencester, so I used to get off at Junction Seventeen. Now I get off at um, well, my junction is Memory Services. But anyway, it's um, I I do so I do 100, 140 miles a day on the M4 most days, but I completely block it out now. For me, that is a on on the way to work. It is uh, try and sit in peace and quiet and and sort of just. Uh, chill out and but on the way home from work it is a case of speaking to people uh, just just clearing things up and making sure people understand what they got to do uh, and, and, the, and and it goes pretty quickly on the way home just by talking to drivers but on the way to work I like to sit in peace and quiet uh, a, bit, a bit of reflection if you like oh. 
So I mean, in terms of drivers and all that, you're you're in a pretty pretty good place then. No, you've, yeah, that's good to hear. We've got every, we've got every seat filled at the minute, and I've I've got I've had three or four people inquire today. My opinion of the driver shortage is it wasn't a driver shortage; it was just so many people that were moving from job to job chasing the big money, and some people were paying ridiculous money. And so that is what I feel. My personal opinion. People might think I'm wrong, but that's just my opinion. That it wasn't a driver shortage; it was just a massive amount of people that were changing jobs and regularly changing jobs, just chasing the yeah. money. We, we I had I had a driver that started back working for me today uh, yesterday he's out he's out in Belgium now but he he left us to work for a company that was paying 22 pound an hour and he and he lasted it for about he's not really a big corporate man he's, he's more of your, mm. your small family based yeah. firm if he if, if he wanted to tell me out exactly what he thought of a job or or, or my plan and he would tell me and I wouldn't and I, and, and I wouldn't criticize him for it but when you work for big companies and you you've you've got to work in a corporate way if you like um but and he started back today and he's and he's not going to he's not going to be on as much as he was on earning his 22 pound an hour drive to doing his doing his trunking work but he 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 said he was really looking forward to get back onto european work because mm. he's going to enjoy it more he, he he did the other job because he was chasing the money and now he's coming back to us to do work that he enjoys doing oh good good stuff it's not just the, the job's not entirely uh, all about money uh, it's not the be all and end all for for no. everything you've got to enjoy well I think if you enjoy what you're doing at the same time then you know it's much less of a chore it's better for your life in general no. if I... you can enjoy what you're doing and it's not just about I mean some in some cases it's a necessity where you know but yeah. in a lot of, for a lot of drivers now at the moment you can if there's something that you particularly want to do then there's a pretty good chance you should be able to work your way to be able to to, yep. to do it you know I... I, I know people that would drive a rusty wheelbarrow for a thousand pound a week, and I know people that would drive a V8 Scania for free. But for, <laughs> for me, but for me, you you re- and, and I have genuinely had people that would email me saying they would drive a, a Scania for free. But for, for for me, it needs to be a balance of the money, the, mm-hmm. the the equipment, and the type of work that you do. There's no point doing a job where you earn great money, but you absolutely hate it. And mm-hmm. there's no point doing a job that you absolutely love for for no money at all. It's, if you if you can get a balance of the three, my 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 drivers can earn less money working for other companies. They can earn more money working for other companies. Mm-hmm. But I, we don't have a problem with recruitment. And and as far as I can see it, you only need to pay what you need to pay to keep your staff employed. There is if if you're if you're if 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 we treat our drivers really well and if the uh, the drivers if the drivers come back on a friday and we're going to go out for lunch whatever drivers there we'll take them for lunch with us um we 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 went out for lunch a couple of weeks ago to a really nice restaurant not far from the yard and it was and it was like beef wellington and and we took drivers with us and and they loved it they uh, and we covered all the costs we wouldn't expect them to pay a penny and and that is for me treating your drivers not just with respect but just they are part of our team they are so important to us and uh, like that driver rang me early hours yesterday morning well i I rang down that we was on our way to to help him because he needed our help um, and, and and I carried on with the deliveries Dan took him home and both of our days like I, I had a busy day in the office Dan had a busy day in the office so we, we didn't get any of our work done but we did what we needed to do Yeah absolutely I've always been a big fan of working for uh, the sort of smaller family run, run firms they're the places when I've really enjoyed things the most when I've been 
to big companies, and I've only done it when I've done agency jobs and things, but you see it if you go going to deliver to places like the big RBCs and things where they've got a corporate sort of transport fleet and you see all the health and safety stuff that's stuck up on the wall and everything that they're battering drivers over the head with and everything you're thinking God, what kind of what kind of atmosphere must it be like in, in these these sort of places it's um i'm like that's not really how you want to want to go about things to get the best out of your drivers and all the trucks are sitting battered and scraped and nobody cares about them and stuff but you know that's just that's just um, big corporate transport and things. It's not something that um, I would uh, enjoy being a part of. You know, some people do, I guess. It's... I've I've got a brother that works <laughs> in the aerospace industry, um, and the way that he has to work, like with the th- with the things he can and can't say to people, is like the, on the opposite end of the spectrum f- for me. If, if 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 I wasn't happy with a driver and I wanted to tell him exactly how I felt about it, I, I would do that. And if the driver wanted to do the same to me, I would listen. But my, my, my brother, if, if he if he said the wrong thing to the wrong person, even though he's very high up, he would lose his job. Um, and he um, he he recent uh, last last year he stood on a chair to put a plug in a roof for a projector, and they, he he had a disciplinary for it because he didn't do the uh, risk assessment before. And um, if I wanted to stand, uh, we, we had a trailer in the yard today that that uh, was low of water. So someone lifted me up on the forks of the forklift. I climbed on the roof uh. and, and with a with a watering can, and, and that is that's how we operate. So it's uh, <laughs> I know which one, I, I I know which one I prefer. Yeah, absolutely. Now um, we've got trucks or Facebook. Now, okay, because obviously you've. Uh, your face, the, the Facebook page for White Transport Service. I mean, that's been built up over a long period of time. It's in a really high, um, uh, a high profile. It's been such a, an incredibly successful uh, social media tool for like sort of awareness for the transport industry and the company in general. Because you've had a lot of people on there that um, uh, sort of how do you say readers, members of the page that aren't drivers that aren't in the transport yeah. industry so you're doing a service of you know explaining to the general public what the job's like and what goes on with it and then so it's been a wonderful thing and you've put so much work into it and then what happens last week your page gets taken down yes uh and I, I know why. Do you want to explain the absolutely ludicrous reason why your page was taken off Facebook? I put a post on saying that um, with, the, with the obviously the fuel price is going insane a week ago. I put a post on Facebook saying that I would uh, sell one of my kidneys or swap it for a thousand liters of diesel. And 20 minutes later, I went on Facebook and it said, you uh, log back in. I thought that's odd. I never log out. So when I tried to log back in, it said uh, your page has been disabled. Uh, if you think this is a mistake, click here to go to the help center and, and, and then you can set up an appeal. So when I clicked it, uh, tried to go to the appeal page, it said, uh, there is no appeal. Our decision is final. That's- and I couldn't believe it. It's, it's insane. That's like it's been picked up by a robot algorithm which thinks you're trafficking human organs. It's got no nuance or understanding of what was cle- clearly a really and a mild joke as well. You know, there's nothing really. That's you could say that at six o'clock at night and Saturday on the telly. The kids could see that. That's absolutely bizarre. I, so, what's is anything? What's happened with that from then? Have you been able to speak to anybody at Facebook about this? Well, my, but the, the, the Facebook was such a powerful tool. It, the posts I've done on Facebook is has caused 
it's, it's, it's led to major truck manufacturers spending £20,000 on a gearbox for a truck. As long as I deleted the post, that was ruining, that was given their reputation of a lot of grief. I've mm. had managed, I've had managing directors of huge RDC um, distribution centers um, from, from, from the UK just publicly apologize. And we have, if, if, when selling our trucks and buying equipment, I put a post on Facebook a few weeks back. Um, saying that we were looking for uh we can't the, the waiting time for new v8s is too long so i put if anybody is selling any any yeah, 20 that, yeah, yeah to 2020 2021 22 scan your v8s i'd be interested and we have bought three trucks because of that one of what uh one of we've we've had one delivered already which is which was a 770 scania Oof. um which is um, oh, it's insane. It's, uh, it's 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 unbelievable. But we we've got two trucks about to arrive. Really, really special trucks. They're not brand new, but they are they are just as good. They're not even running yet. They are they are that new. So um, is we we we've paid a lot of money for them. I've just this week alone, I've sold I've sold one of my DAFs. I've sold one of my Volvos, and we are replacing them with two Scanias that are, that that are about to arrive. Really, really special bits of kit. I couldn't wait to show them all off over Facebook. But I say I. Can't do it anymore. The situation with with the page now is a guy that I know very well, who is is an Irish lad. He is um, I've 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 met him through Facebook years ago, but we've always kept in contact. And he he sent me a message uh, on my WhatsApp in the evening. Uh, the the page was banned, and he said he said I noticed your page your page is gone. He sees he saw a post I think I put on Snapchat or LinkedIn or something, and um, and he messaged me saying my brother works for Facebook in Sweden. Do you want me to ask for his help? And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. So he sent me a form to fill out, which I filled out and it says, what was uh, the, your name, the, the name of the page? Um, when was it taken down? And why, why do you think it was taken down and any other comments that you want to put? So I, I filled that out. I sent it back to him a couple of days later. I hired a screenshot of an email to say that this has been uh, passed to the resolution center. Um, and we will get back in touch. <clears throat> and I had, I had a screenshot of an email today which said um, the initial investigation has, 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 has been done and they are now passing it to another team of people in America to hopefully try and resolve our issue. That's so uh, this, I, I, I'm not hopeful that I'm going to get it back, I'll be honest. I, I would be so happy if I can get it back because mm. I feel like I've been knocked off my pedestal. Absolutely, it doesn't make it. it. I mean, it literally makes no sense whatsoever. What, what can they possibly mean? There's a team of investigators looking into this. It was a joke. It, it was. It wasn't rude or anything of the sort. It's just. It's the thing is with Facebook is that it is so powerful and it's used by so many people. I've been. I sort of backed away from it uh, for personal reasons. Sort of last November, and now we're getting into the busy time with show season with trucks and everything. I can't not be on it. There's just the whole the whole world is on there. There's so much to do with trucks and transport and everything. And it is such an enormously powerful tool. But with Facebook, they have got an enormous responsibility as well. And they aren't responsible. Um, the the behaviour that, that, that they, at a corporate level, and the things that they're up to is not sort of acceptable at all the weather. The things that you can get away with and say, you know, you don't want to get political and things, but you can get away with saying an awful lot of things depending on your political sort of um, standpoint and who who you are. It's it's worrying um, if the, the way that if this is the way that they're going to go on. But I really hope that you get the page back. Surely, surely to goodness you will. You know, it's um, we might have 
have to go and set up a, um, petitions and things. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, so frustrating for you. We we had eighty almost eighty five thousand people that followed the page, and I, I put a post on there once asking where people were from, just to comment where you live, and mm. and and it, it reaches worldwide. Mm. It is when um, when I put the post on about the uh, the clown in the car park that was um, took a picture of the, uh, of, the of the truck yes. in Sainsbury's. <laughs> I, I, I was I was in the office one day and the phone rang and it was an Australian number. I've got a brother that lives in Australia, and um, and I so, so I answered the phone and it was just a random random guy somewhere in Australia <laughs> said that he said that he saw the post and he was a retired truck driver and he said it made me laugh so much I just wanted to ring you and tell you and I spoke to this guy for about uh, 20 minutes a really 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 lovely fella and I spoke to him for about 20 minutes I always try and give people my time if, if I'm if I'm out in the truck anywhere and people say hello because I do get recognised I'm not saying I'm some sort of celebrity at all because I'm, I'm not in any way shape or form but people do recognise me and mm. they talk to me and I always say hello and I always try and be polite, but but this guy from Australia, I spoke to him for about twenty minutes on the phone. Really, really decent bloke. Because I went to Australia to visit my brother, and I was I was blown away by the trucks out there. Oh, um, the the yeah. trucks out there are either really old or really new, and but quite powerful. And and um, but yeah, it's it's it is a shame. I hope I, I get do, it back. See, but see, if not, you, see if you do get it back. Um, you, it might be a good idea to go and set up a backup page as well and tell everybody to go and join that. It wouldn't get yeah. as many people on it, but good grief. The, the, it is such a, it's an enormously powerful and necessary now part of life as a media tool, so they need to be doing much better than what they currently are. Not Mark Zuckerberg coming up with his bloody... Have you seen this metaverse thing where it's like yeah, a virtual that- reality? Good God. That meta is what's that meta is the message I got. It's not from Facebook. Yeah, it's from Meta. And they're yeah, they're the ones that say 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 that I'm banned. But it's, there's a lot more important things in the world than Facebook. But for me, mm. it was I, I did enjoy sharing with people what we do, where we go, how we do it. And I also put on there that what we what we messed up as well, things we got wrong and things that cost us money and, mm. and mistakes mm. that we made. And but we 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 as a company, we can get a trailer from from the UK to Italy nonstop to do a delivery every next day if we need to and and it's a lot of effort there's a lot of planning that goes into it and I just I just like to share with people what we do so sometimes I share too much sometimes I probably sail a little bit close to the wind with with what I post and what I say but and, and if I did get it back I probably might have to I got the last ban I got was a seven day ban for calling a moron a moron and he was a moron he was he was he was he was I, 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 try, I try not to bite and I try and if someone is arguing with me I try and beat them with sarcasm and wit and humour yeah. and, and in, intelligence rather than just going in and calling them a moron but I did call him a moron if the algorithm picked it up or he reported my comment and I had a seven day ban for it so yeah. I, I do know to be careful what I say but um if if I get it back, I will. I try and be as close as I can of what I used to be because I think people like the page because of my sense of humour as well. It's it's not just about the pictures of the trucks and where we go and what we do. I do try and keep it funny and and uh, make people because there's a page in America with 115,000 followers. It's a truck related page, and I think that's the only that's the only page I've ever seen with with a following bigger than the than than, than what yeah. we've got. But they will post a picture and it will only have a handful of likes yeah. or a handful of shares and. I post things and I can have 6,000 likes and, and a 500 share. It is insane. Do you know, uh, you know Luke Vernon, lorrydriver.com? Yeah, looks in the magazine um, next. And uh, that's coming Friday. We've got the third part in his, um, 
his career retrospective because obviously he had, yeah. that, he had the, the terrible um, car accident and he wasn't yeah. he hasn't been able to drive. So I'd said, you know, why don't why don't you write up for us um, your adventures and your career and things? You've actually you'd actually mentioned uh, yeah, in well, that feature. Well, I, I keep in contact with Luke. He is a very very he's he's a very knowledgeable guy and he is he is he is been to some far-fetched places and everything he says he's done he has done he's a little bit eccentric but um but he is a lovely fella and and he's got a decent social media uh following as well so i i sent him a message which he posted onto his uh facebook page and that I, he told me it was shared like 700 odd times and it was just me explaining why the pages are now and what's happened and and even through him i had like 700 odd shares on his page yeah. so um it, it's it's weird the way that facebook works because it decides who gets to see things. It's like if you post yeah. something and it gets traction immediately, like a good few people start liking it or sharing it, then all of a sudden it will show it to a whole load more people. Yeah, I know. So the, you get good engagement, you get good engagement um, from what you're putting up, which is a good thing for Facebook. So they must see that because that's the page. Yeah. They, they, that's the sort of thing that they want. No, so, uh, some 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 of the some of the posts I because I can see how many people have viewed the post and and some of them were into the millions of people it was yeah. it was absolutely insane but do you, um, do you have business uh, suite? No, no, everything like oh, you uh, don't. My, it is it is a verified page. No, my, my, it's, I, a, it's I, an I app do, uh, for Facebook called Business Suite, and it gives you a whole uh, load of different um, f- uh, functions and insights and things. You know, use that, no? No, I just I just do it through my phone. I don't. I I very even rarely use Facebook through my laptop. It was. I think another reason why maybe Facebook deleted my page is because I've never I've never paid them a penny for everything. I, I've never I, I've never promoted a post. Well, I've never sponsored a post. In theory, you could be able to. Um, you can monetize these things as well for advertising on them if you get enough engagement off of things. Business suite, you download it for your phone, and it tells you a whole load of things about what um, you get insights, and it tells you a whole load. Of load of things about what your page um, is who's reaching and how it's doing and all that sort of stuff so if you get if you get it back download it and have a look it might be quite um, quite interesting because my, my my page started to earn me money I, yeah, I was I was ad- I was advertising things for people to sell and they would give me they, they would give me money for doing it and and I, I, I it's just I was gonna I was gonna start selling merchandise as well because I'm not sure why people would want to wear white transport hoodies and and tops and, be and beanie hats but 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 people do want it and I I, I people message me all the time oh, where can we get a hoodie from and for me I'm like really why why would you want to wear our hoodie why I don't get I don't get it but people do want to do it and they do uh, but so I would I, I was I was in the process of of setting that up so but I was speaking to a company that would make it so it's just click on the link and and pay whatever it is and and then the, the embroidery company would send it straight out to them so I, w- I was in the process of doing that but it's all lost now so oh, it no. may not it'll come back I was going to ask as well if I'll finish off with trucks but before that uh, I was going to ask about customers because obviously when the pandemic kicked in uh, the behavement the, the treatment of drivers the behavior of an awful lot of companies towards them was nothing short of disgraceful from your warehouses preventing people using toilets from you know service stations closing down uh, closing down and not letting drivers in to get a coffee and things uh, now you were prominent online in backing your drivers up when there was issues uh, that drivers encountered 
uh, with these obnoxious people. Uh, I was just wondering, how have you found things sort of latterly in 2021 and into 2022 with the way drivers are sort of being treated at various places? You know, we're not, you're getting any problems with guys having access to facilities or getting held up for hours and people being cantankerous behind, behind desks and things. How's that sort of side of things going? I think it sort of went up and down a little bit. When 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 it when COVID first started, drivers were treated like lepers. They weren't allowed to use toilets. Mm. They weren't allowed to use canteens. Um, they were forced to stay in their cabs and hand the keys out to someone on a stick and crazy things like that. And then and then everybody realised just how important lorry drivers were when we were all classed as key workers. Mm. When we all carried on working relentlessly for even harder. Well, we, I worked even harder anyway, and my drivers did. They 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 they, they found they they realised we were so important and they relaxed the hours so the hours where we could be convicted of a criminal offence for working too much and not having and having less rest suddenly we were allowed to do that um, but and now drivers are back really I would say somewhere in the middle I've done a delivery today at a distribution centre where drivers used to have to wait in the canteen and they, I didn't have to wait in the canteen I could sit in the truck which 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 Yay. is where drivers want to sit. They've got they you can you've got your you've got your food, you've got your bed, you can just you can just do whatever you like. There's nothing worse than sitting on a plastic chair in a room full of people you don't know for hours whilst waiting to waiting to tip. Um so it's and a lot of places now they want they want less interaction with drivers or just just to people in general. So they try and turn them around a bit quicker. So it's uh, it's nothing really to complain about. And if anyone is still complaining about it, they need to go over and move move on um because it's not none of my drivers on a weekly basis are ever causing me an issue we go we go to a place in germany or a customs office where they must give the driver the customs paperwork by hand and they want to see that the driver is vaccinated and i've got a driver that refuses to get vaccinated and it's, it's his personal choice i'd never mm. tell him he had to in order to stay working for us so before he goes to get his customs paperwork he has to go and get a covid test in berlin um, which we've had to do for the last couple of weeks because he's done the same trip two weeks on the bounce. So that's a bit of a pain. But in general, people shouldn't really be moaning about the treatment of drivers. It's, it's back to where it was before, probably a slightly slightly better than it was originally. I, I thought maybe we've, gone, we've made a little bit of progress in, in some ways, you know, a couple of baby steps with it in terms of things like Nardisis, where you don't have to go and sit in a stupid, stinking waiting room anymore. You can go and sit... In the cab, which it, it doesn't look like. I was wondering if some of the places would have started going back to it, uh, but it doesn't look like they have, as far as I, far as I can work out any, anyway. If anybody knows any different is listening, please do get in touch and let us know. A lot of people are using COVID as an excuse not to like when like when you when people say oh like some of the places we go to we'll do a cab search to see if there's any passengers in the cab because uh, you're not allowed you're only allowed to drive on site and the drive sorry you're not allowed in my cab because of COVID regulations mm. um, and and you need to show me that you're you're vaccinated I want to see your COVID pass so mm. it is people have used it to their advantage yeah. the amount of haul, the amount of hauliers that, that have failed to do a collection or, or delivery and use the excuse that uh, the drivers had COVID. Oh. Oh, when, it, when that wasn't the case, is is I know I've done it. So uh, yeah. it is. Um, it is pe- people use certain situations to their own advantage. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think that's going to. Uh, ro- the, the old COVID things not really go- going anywhere in that in in that respect. I just hope that we don't get any uh, more <laughs> random 
uh, variants or anything like that, you know. But well, what, what's what's <laughs> the situation? The situation that's happening in in uh, Ukraine at the minute is they like obviously people are talking about that so much. COVID is now completely forgotten about. Which the fact that people aren't talking about COVID anymore and uh, like they, they they've, they've now scrapped or the UK have now scrapped all regulations for for, yeah. for people traveling to the uk for covid i am quite i am grateful for that I'll yeah. be honest. they're still carrying on with it up in scotland they've decided that they're going to keep the masks going because the situation with covid is not quite where it is and i'm like oh well that well they're not really working as as well they're not really working very well at the moment so continuing to do it isn't going to make much of a difference but the, uh, the, there you go. It has been kind of forgotten about. We just need to get on and live with it. But there's a kind of the people that have worked right the way through this, the, the lorry drivers, and everybody in the supply chain, the people in the warehouses, the forklift drivers, the people that stack the shelves in the supermarkets, and everyone, they've been out and worked right the way through this. But you've got a huge swathe of society, millions of people who've sat at home and worked from home on the laptops. Um, and been cosy for two years, and they're the ones that are now terrified about having to go back out and uh, having to deal with this. And it's like, you know, it's nothing to be scared of. Just get on with it. <laughs> I, 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 I hate wearing masks. And when, Me when, too. They, when, when they said you don't have to wear masks anymore, I, I was the first one never to put one on again and and uh, it is uh, for, for, for me i i think people that people that should wear masks are people that are genuinely sneezing or i, I just think if you're if you're relatively fit and healthy and you, you're not gonna pass on covid by by being in the same room as someone if you sneeze if you sneeze and they're picking up the particles that's a bit different but uh i i think i think the, the money that the money that the country has spent on covid over the last mm. few years where is is just insane and, and we're all going to pay for it that now to wrap things up the, the last thing i was going to talk to you about was trucks the most, okay. the most um, exciting, um, the most exciting bit of lorry driving, uh, the truck itself, the tools. Now your fleet. The last time we spoke, you had uh, Scania Volvo DAF, and obviously you just you mentioned there you just bought in a couple of sort of nearly new next gen <laughs> Sc- Scanias, and I believe your preferred setup is the six by two midlift right hand drive. So. Um, what what is the the fleet at the moment? Uh, how are they doing? And what's the what's the plans going forward? Uh, we have got six 2021 DAFs. Uh, they're the old shape XF530, which we 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 spec them extremely high. They've got smart tellies. They've got the luxury interior. They've got microwave fridges, aircon pods, look, metallic paint, and illuminated headboards, and Kelsa bars, and quad horns, and Apple Play, and uh, deep, uh, they got the smart. Do I say smart TVs? They, they, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. absolutely gone. To, we, uh, we've gone to town. We bought six at the same time. Um, they're okay. They're not. If if I had the choice of which truck to take out the yard, the DAF would be the last one. I'm afraid. But but not every not everybody wants not everybody wants to drive a Scania. They, they 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 are very very comfortable trucks they're good on fuel we have got um two two volvos which um which are now coming up to three years old and they are about to be replaced i sold one uh i sold one already which is going this saturday there's another two to move on but uh, we have at the minute the scania is still the truck of choice for us we have mm. got uh, one s580 we've got six 650s we've got the the 770 
and we are about to put into the fleet in the next couple of weeks. I've not told anybody this. This is this is um, we, we haven't even told the drivers. Just an exclusive. Got, <laughs> yeah, it's an exclusive. Yeah, we have got two 660s with the with the 14 speed overdrive box. Ooh, um, nice. That are, that are, that are about to come on the fleet and um, one of them believe it or not is a twin wheel tag and we said we would never ever have another tag again um, so it's, it's a bit of a, a gamble to buy this truck but we're probably going to keep it on, um, on on UK work rather than sending it across the water because the drive the drive tyres and the tag tyres are three one five eighties. 80s so that is the highest setup. Oh, and it's, oh, and it's, that's unusual it's, that because it's the, the, I know, to get that these days it's usually <clears throat> 70s all the time so yeah so, uh, it's, so as soon as as soon as the tyres are worn we change into 70s I spoke to the guy at Scania's so we know which settings to change on the, uh, the, the gearbox settings and the engine revs to to, to make it all in line with the correct tyre sizes so we've got to wait till the, till, till the tyres run out we've, I probably tend to keep that truck in the UK now we've got now we've got a bigger customer base of, of hanging meat work in the UK but we have got another 660S coming in a couple of weeks time and so, so we yeah we other fleet will mainly mainly be back to Scania V8s um, which the, the S I spoke to Lucy today from um, you know Lucy Radley yes I was speaking of today as well actually because <laughs> she yeah, writes for us she, as well yeah yeah, and she she asked me to 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 to, to let her know which my, my favourite ever truck was, and um, even though the S gens are just something else to drive, and they're so comfortable, but my favourite truck was these was the Euro Five Six Twenty Scania. We had we had our first one in two thousand and eight. Um, and for me, they 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 were the best trucks. They for for an operator back then. Really, I wasn't driving. I was I was just more planning. But the reliability of them, mm. the comfort for, and the drivers absolutely I mean, loved them. And and the six twenty Scania for me is is, a, is is an iconic truck. It, it is. There's quite a lot of well. There's a number of them comparatively that are manuals as well. Uh, they, they are 620 and they're, they're well sought after and quite well coveted because uh, they make they make the proper noise as well. We had a Dark Diamond uh, 2010 Euro mm. 5 620 Scania and that was a manual box and that was very good on fuel and the driver absolutely loved it. When we when we sold it, we literally broke his heart. That was oh. an, that was an amazing truck. Um, for, for for me personal choice, I'd rather have an automatic truck. Um, I mean, the, yeah. I mean these days. I mean the, these new automatics are so good. Have you tried the new Scania? Overdrive gearbox. Have you got one? No, no. I'd, yeah, we, 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 the 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 two six sixty S's we've got coming in a few. They both got it, but I've not driven one. I was I was fortunate enough. Uh, Kel Truck gave me their was it an unusual truck. It's a five thirty S that I had in January, which is obviously that's the lowest power output V eight, um, which is you're not going to see a lot of them in the UK, especially not now with the five sixty. Super thirteen liter coming out, but it, it, um, that that gearbox is uh, really lovely, uh, fantastic bit of kit. Uh, it will sit and it will drop to probably just under a thousand RPM, cruising along at fifty six miles an hour, uh, and it's lightning quick when it needs to drop itself into the to twelve. It just goes in and out, in and out, it seamlessly as it needs to. Uh, and I was thinking that. Um, it, it, it really, I was surprised at how noticeable a difference it was between that and the old one. I think your guys are going to uh, absolutely love them. That's a seriously well sorted um, bit of kit that they've got there now. 
I am looking forward to um, I am looking forward to taking one out. But I, I, I took the seven seventy out for a weekend a couple of weeks back, and um, and I was just amazed with the complete effortlessness of it. It was it was just so easy to drive, and and it, it, it's like it anticipated a hill. Like I, I, I swear, I come up to a big bank and it dropped to eleventh, just right at the bottom, right? yeah, and and I didn't it. touch anything. And I was like, wow, that's that is very clever. It's, and it, and it, and it did. I was I was probably about thirty eight ton, and and it was quite a steep bank, and it held it on the limit. Uh, in 11th gear all, all the way to the top and the worst the worst thing about the Scanners for me is the stupid eco roll where you're doing 56 mile an hour up a hill and it gets to the crest of the hill it drops it into neutral you could be in in lane two overtaking something and then it will start coming back up the inside of you because and you, you next thing you know you're doing 81 k's an hour and it's uh, it, it's I don't think it's it's, it's a good thing I, I'd imagine most people that drive Scanners that know what I'm talking about it is such a uh, it's, it's ridiculous to get, if you change the gearbox from eco mode into normal mode it won't allow it to drop as much speed uh, with that eco mode uh, with the eco roll because I think in the standard eco setting on the gearbox it will drop to like 48 miles an hour which is <sighs> stupid it's, you can't have that um, it, even I've tried it I've tried to let a truck run doing that when there's nobody around me anywhere I'm like the A6 A6 there's no trucks anywhere and it's just, it goes so slowly. I'm like, nah, like I have to override it. But mm. I found if you take it out of eco, then it improves yeah. things quite quite a lot. I, um, I, I, I tend to drive the trucks in just the normal mode rather yeah. than the eco mode. But so, some of my some of my trucks have got the power mode activated where well, most, uh, yeah, a lot of the trucks, a lot of the trucks we've had, in, well, well, when we when I had the, when I spec the trucks up from new, the red 650s, they said, do you want to deactivate the power button? I was like, yeah, this, it's a 650 power, 650 horsepower is enough. You don't need the power button. But yeah. we have I've got two trucks that have got the power mode activated and I was coming in I was coming in it's really childish but I was coming into Dover a few weeks back and I was on the boat with someone telling me how powerful his S500 scanner was in it and it blows everything away and I'm like oh, okay okay and, we, and if we come off the boat and we're the first two trucks off the boat and he was in front of me and uh, and I was loaded yeah. with uh, I'd, done, I'd done a trailer change and I was low, I was probably about forty ton with a load of frozen kebab meat from from Germany. And as I come off the boat in Dover, I, I activated the power mode and and coming up the hill hills out of Dover, I absolutely left yeah. them behind me so far. And and I don't know how much fuel I burned coming up coming up the hills, but um, it would definitely put a massive smile on my face. Oh, anyway. absolutely! Yeah, the power mode is only designed to be used for short blasts where you need. You need it over a very short period of time. I have interviewed people uh, for truck and driver at times, and they're like, oh, I drive it in power mode all the time. It's brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, it's not designed for that. <laughs> it's like, that's... It's, uh, they I'll wouldn't say, think that... If- they wouldn't think that if they were paying for they the fuel. For the diesel. I did it once as well, but I had I had the seven seventy S last year uh, when it first came out, and I went up the Stainmore on the eight sixty six with a load of potatoes on, sitting about sort of over forty tons. And with the predictive cruise, like you say, it anticipates at the bottom of the hill. The way that it reads the maps now is so accurate that it knows exactly what to do. And when I put it in the power mode at the bottom of the hill, it went straight into tenth. And I just, I just, <laughs> I just laughed when I just watched it do that because yeah. then it, it just went off. It went up the hill, and I, there was like guys going up the inside lane with an axle up, kind of still dropping speed. And that's, they must have thought they must have been thinking to themselves, "What dick?" Kind of rocking when, them from side when, to side. When, <laughs> when I was in that, when I, when I was in that seven seventy, I come up Bird Lip, which that is a yes, steep, steep that's a hill. big hill, yeah. 
and um and, and i and i come up there it did, it did drop down the gears it did go down to about 45 mile an hour but that's still a very impressive speed to come up there and when i was getting close to the top of the hill there was a really slow lorry in front of me mm. uh, i think it, it was a bulk tipper so i went into lane two to overtake him as another lorry was coming towards me down the hill so at one point <laughs> there was, there were, there, we, we, as, as i as my mirrors were in line with the guy's mirrors i was overtaking the lorry come towards me and so it, it, it was three trucks abreast <laughs> have been such little gap between the mirrors but we all we all got free safely but the truck i was overtaking that's... was doing about 15 20 mile an hour yeah. and i was still at 45 mile an hour yeah that's the thing yeah the bud the bud lip is a real test for, for any truck 45 miles an hour at full weight is a, a phenomenal result for that um i i was up and down the bud lip quite a few times and i had the iveco sway 570 the 13 litre which was um, a, a bloody good, uh, powerful, powerful truck. Um, but some of the ones going up the hill, you know, you could see the wheel nuts going round on them. They were so slow, yeah. like you know, like. Uh, like I've, 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 I've been up there in our DAS at maximum weight, and and it's it's the same. And and even though the DAS are a five thirty, they don't feel like a five thirty. I'll be honest. No, the 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 DAF, um, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what the new versions like. Bob Beach reckons that the the new version, the XG Plus, is is livelier. I think DAF could really really do with a bit more. DAF went to sort of five sixty five seventy with a thirteen liter. That would really. Um, I think that would open up quite a lot of things for them. But on the other hand, DAF have currently got a 30% market share of trucks in the UK. So they could be saying, what the hell do you know? <laughs> but, they, but, but they've also put their prices up by 30% as well. So the, those those grey DAFs that I put on the road, even though they are extremely high spec with all the boxes, ticked, mm-hmm. lots of extras on them, they come out at just over 100,000. But the new ones are 130, 135,000. For me, that is Scania money. And, and I know what the Scania will be worth in three years' time when you're trying to sell it at 450,000 Ks on the clock compared to the DAF. Mm, um, yes. uh, I, 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 I recently sold a DAF for, I think it was 65,000 pounds. And I recently sold a Scania for like 95,000 pounds. Mm. That were, were, were similar age. So mm. uh, for, for when we are looking to buy our trucks, we are hugely thinking about the resale. Yeah. I mean, no. When I was, we went to the Scania launch for the Super range, which is their new 13-litre engine uh, last year in Sweden, because they're having an enormous push for this engine, uh, because of it, it, tr- the truck manufacturers are, they, they have to, they are fined but for all the CO2 that they pr- they produce across all their engines. So there's a big push for them to get people out of V8s, whether anybody would admit it or not, and into 13 litres. Which obviously they've got the 560 now, which is 2,800 newton meters of torque, which is the same as the entry level V8. Is that is that 560 something which might potentially tempt you going forward? Are you still going to be looking for your V8? The V8s are just so easy to sell. It's just mm. such a huge market for them. Um, but possibly, I just, I just, I, 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 I've priced up. Um, the non V8 scanners compared to the I priced up a 540s and a 520s and the 540 was was the same price and and for me the the V8 badge is sells it every time it is the when when I when I need to sell that truck in three four years time I know how easy it'll be to sell I know how much money I'll get for it um, so really we are we are huge 
fans of the V8 Scania. The, the reliability is not there like it used to be with the Euro 5 trucks, but uh, hopefully it will be at, at one point. But listen, you've driven a huge range of trucks. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're in agreement with me, but the next gen Scania is just such a beautiful truck to drive. It, it, yeah, it is. Um, I've just, I've got the, the article on the 530S is going into the magazine that comes out. Well, it's probably the same day this podcast comes out, actually. Uh, and yeah, it, it is. It's an incredible. The, what I found was curious was there was a few guys online when I was posting pictures of the truck. And I think there's a kind of thing where guys need to have some sort of hot take, some sort of insight that nobody else had come up with. And they were picking some faults with the Scania interior, like the, the, the position of the pedals and things. And I was like, no way. I'm like, this is a a phenomenal piece of design and engineering they really have got it right there's no stupid gimmicks in it anywhere it's just no. it's simplicity and it just from from the the way that the driver's seat set up the steering wheel to have that flat area in the middle of the dash and the drawers there everything's just exactly where you need it and you want it and it is when i i was trying to th- if i was given the choice between like the um well um a scania or an equivalent volvo um, I, th- I think that the S cab, well, to make a better comparison, I actually find uh, that the R cab Scania is the better of the two to drive because you sit a bit lower to the ground and it's got better handling and things on it, but it wouldn't really be ideal for your operation because you do such long haul stuff that you wouldn't be wanting to give up that sort of enormous cab, I would think. But that's, when, that's uh, probably out of all the trucks that are on sale right now, um, my favourite overall would be probably be the next gen um say the the arc the r series next gen uh is my favorite of pound for pound that's the best one out a lot at the moment i haven't driven the new daf um but i would say that and my second choice would be the fh dual clutch and third the iveco sway 570 that's my top three at the moment we had an iveco sway um on demo a few weeks back um, I gave it to a driver that normally drives an S580. His truck needed to go off the road for a couple of weeks mm. and he was not impressed with it at all. Um, I'm sure it's a very nice truck, but he was, he, he, he said there was some good features on it, but compared to the drive and the comfort from his Scania, he wanted mm. the Scania back. But mm. I know people, I know people, I know people that rave about the, the Iveco S wagon yeah. and I know what they cost and I know the savings on them is, um, it's, it's big numbers. It, it is there's a lot of if you were to sit there's a there's a few similarities in terms of the interior uh, with, the, with the Scania and some people say they'll look kind of similar from the outside as, as well the Iveco I mean for the price of it you have to make allowances if you're going to park it directly beside a Scania you have to make allowances the fact that it is enormously uh, cheaper uh, to build with the, the, the Iveco could do with being tweaked up a bit inside there should be some options in terms of sort of softer touch plastics and I always say like a bit of brushed aluminium would ra- raise it enormously it's a fantastic handling truck it sits on the road really 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 nicely and I, Iveco have got a good product on their hands there but I, if you're going to pluck somebody directly out uh, a Scania S series and stick them straight into one he's probably going to uh, it's probably going to pick a pick a few folks f- folks um, with it, but um, I'd, I I rate them incredibly highly. Um, I'm looking. I've got the 490 coming, which is a kind of economy based 13 liter in July, I think, and I'm looking forward to getting out in that. I'm, um, 
And I think, what else have I got? Because you've got Ivolvo Scania, Daffy. Would you consider taking something else uh, into a different market into the fleet? Because obviously you've tried the Iveco there. Have, the, have you had any other, other potential <coughs> candidates out? Because obviously it takes a Ray, long time to get a truck as well these yeah, days. So. Um, Ray is very keen to get a Renault T-High. Mm-hmm. I'm not so keen, but Ray is. Um we we have discussed it, and if one come available that was that was right for us, mm. we we would probably go for it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Renault, but Ray started out with Renault Magnums mm. many years ago. Yeah. They they drive really nicely. It's the best handling out of the the flat floor cabs, I think, between that and the Actros. The main issue I've got with it is it's enormously spacious inside, but it doesn't work particularly hard with the space. Like the fridge below the bunk pulls out, and it takes up the entire floor. Uh, the overhead lockers are relatively small and they still haven't got the right-hand drive dash. Uh, the left-hand drive extended dash still isn't available in right-hand drive form. So th- there's, a f- there's a, f- a few things that could be done to improve it. But it is telling how many guys really like these because overall it's a really uh, comfortable, good, good thing to drive. And of course, if you're a bigger guy as well, it does have that enormous amount of cab space, uh, cab space in it as well. I mean, it's impossible to buy a bad truck these days unless you yeah. in, unless you, you somehow make a complete arse of the specification and something that's wrong for your job. Uh, it's really impossible to get a bad truck these days unless you get a Friday afternoon one with a load of electrical gremlins, which can happen to anybody. It still happens these days, so... Anything, well, is there anything else um, you would like to mention while I've got you here? Like that? What are you up to for the rest of the week? Are you back to the office or are you back out on the road again? Or who knows what yeah. might come up? I've got, I've, got a, I've, I've got a rare long weekend off this weekend. I'm taking my little boy to Legoland for the weekend. Um, so yeah so that's that's my plan for the weekend uh, raising charge this weekend uh, well Ray, Ray and Dan between them I guess um, so yeah a few couple of days in the office now I'm, I'm, I've got a day I'm working from home on Thursday so just a day where I take it easy but I, I don't really need to be in the office but right now I've got my phone I can be anywhere um, and the majority of my planning is done in my head I don't I don't really write anything down I'm, I'm my 18 trucks plus the subcontractors we're using at the minute and it's all in my head it's crazy it's, I should write it down but I don't need to it's um, I've got a very quite a weird way of, of planning the truck but it works for us Brilliant. Oh, I've got one final question just to ask you, which I was going to return to earlier, and it relates back to um, Brexit. Um, now, because when Brexit kicked in and, and all that, there was a lot of doom mongers saying that, you know, Britain wouldn't be able to export its food products anymore, that people weren't going to want them, and it was all going to die off. It appears that that isn't the case that um, you know that our meat products our food products are still wanted across Europe and there's still a demand for people to get them out there into Europe yeah 100% our, our customers just adapted and overcome um, we are still sending out the same goods to the same people to the same places the same uh, so as regular as we were before it was um, and, and now it's a very seamless um uh, effort from everyone it's just there's a, there's a lot of people involved it costs more money to do but we we don't really have any problems anymore the the, the civet time in Calais is probably two to three hours so we just need to we just need to add 
add that into add that into my planning if you like the obviously the what's changed now is coming back in we've got to do the different custom process for coming back in and it's it's slightly unfair to be honest because every time we leave the UK with a load of meat we've got to go through these strict veterinary controls but every time we come back into the UK it's literally you've got the GMR number which the drivers have to put into a, a into an app and it tells them if they need to stop for an inspection and you're not going to believe this but since the 1st of January one of our trailers has been told they must go to Sevington for an inspection and good. we ship hundreds of trailers back in one truck. Good grief! No, that that's um, that that's a, that's an intre- interesting to to note that you know people will say. I mean, some of the food products that come out of the UK, like Welsh lamb, it's the best of its type in the world. You know, it, oh, there, there still, there's obviously still going to be a demand for these products. It didn't go away. We 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 um we take a lot of lamb at the minute to to the airports in Heathrow goes to Barbados Bermuda Dubai um it goes literally goes all over the world and it is it is the best quality lamb this we we we've got Easter coming up now so we will go mm. absolutely flat out um on, on on the run up to Easter but our main markets where we go to every week is Italy France Germany Belgium and we're doing a lot of beef at the minute as well picked up some new customers to do beef so we do regular beef into Holland. But when come the end of the summer, that's when the Spanish and the Portuguese work and the Italian work will get busier and busier. But um, but yeah, the the regularity of the work that we that, that we do is is still the same for this time of year. It's um, people are still buying it. It's it's, it's probably there's a lot of extra cost involved for the, the for the vets in the UK, the sanitary um, situations in Calais. It's it's all that you got to get the customs. Mm. You got you need an agent in the UK. You need an agent in France. So there's a lot more money involved. People and I'll tell you what is terrible for the environment is the amount of paperwork involved mm. because there the it is for for people's carbon footprint the amount of paper that's being wasted. One of the drivers uh, went to Fran- went to Italy the other week with a multi drop. There was about hundred pieces of paper that was oh. with that that he needed and then the second we leave Calais that stuff is just whipped up and thrown in the bin. It is um yeah it's uh, it's the the paperwork side of it is is crazy but a lot of it is done by by smartphone so we just send but when the drivers have the GMR to leave the country that's just sent to him screenshot sent to a smartphone. The same with the we, we use the smart border which is the drivers just present a barcode when they mm. arrive in Dover. We mm. we don't have to go to Sevington mm. to pick up any paperwork and we don't have to clear when we arrive in Italy. We do everything in Calais. But uh, the, the the they must have the original invoices, the original health certificates and all of the original documentation for the load everything else can be done on the driver's smartphone but it is um yeah paper, paper there's, there's a lot of extra paperwork that all gets thrown away once the drivers have cleared if they could make a system where that could be done on uh done electronically it, w- it would be a lot easier for everyone mm. good stuff um thank you so much pete for um, coming on the podcast again i hope all the listeners have enjoyed that uh, quite an in-depth and varied insight into the goings-on uh, of um, one of our um, most uh, well-known haulage companies in the UK. Um, good luck with getting the Facebook... <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good luck with getting the um, the Facebook page back. Um, I don't... I, th- I, I think Truck and Drivers got about a quarter of, a quarter of what you had 
uh, on it as well. You know, that's it's not easy to get up to such a high level of um, followers on Facebook. So I, um, I hope you, uh, I hope you manage to get it back soon. If you're complete, if you're completely stuck, I'll just sell you the truck and driver page. You can just go and cross yeah. that and put points on it, and I'll give you a bit of a head start. <laughs> that would be nice. Cool. Uh, the worst thing is my, my page was verified. I was a trusted yeah. page on Facebook. Well, um, we, we, we had we had the, we had a blue tick, which is um, for them just to boot me out without even any explanation or warning. That is almost miffed me a, a lot more, to be honest. But listen, there's a, there's a lot worse things going on in the world than my Facebook page being deleted. So it, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, uh, that's been great. That's nearly an hour and a half we've been uh, chatting away there. So uh, I will we'll wrap this up now and I shall speak to you again soon. Uh, all the best, Dougie. It's a pleasure to talk to you again, mate. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.